Welcome to the EquipCast for the Archdiocese of Omaha. Designed to help leaders transform their cultures, to embody the pastoral vision, to be one church, encountering Jesus, equipping disciples, and living mercy. Yeah, let's pray. Go ahead and lead us, Christine. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we praise and thank you for this day. Lord God, we thank you for the opportunity to gather together. Please bless our conversation and give us open hearts and minds to receive whatever you have for us. Please uh, protect us from all issues with the internet and uh, connectivity problems and help us to um, grow in love so that we can uh, share out of abundance with our brothers and sisters. Make all these prayers through Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 Well, thanks, Christine. Uh, welcome, everybody, to the EquipCast. Uh, we've been doing this for the last eight days, I think. And uh, so we made it through uh, this week. We've been doing daily EquipCasts here from the Archdiocese of Omaha. If you don't know who I am, I'm Father Jeff Lorig. I'm the Director of Pastoral Services. Christine is uh, on the line with us. She is the campus minister at Scott Catholic High School. And uh, Christine uh, sent an email after the first day of all this. I think it was like Wednesday, when like our first equip cast. And she sent an email to, to a few of us and, and really just acknowledged like, wow, I'm, I'm so not used to being this busy. Not that you don't work hard at Scott, but like just being busy online and running around. And, and uh, you're a person who's really been trying to grow in your your own prayer life and and the contemplative life and being present to Jesus throughout the day and just noticing that that wasn't happening and or at least that there was going to be a challenge in all of that so I just really appreciated this this part of this thing that we're going through together of oh yeah like I I still have to like be aware of where my heart is I have to still be aware of what's going on with me and the Lord and so I thought we should definitely talk about this. And since it was really on your mind enough to, to share that, um, I thought, well, let's, let's talk about it a little bit more. And, and uh, so that's what we're here to do today. What was on your, your heart and mind or at the beginning? What's been going on between you and the Lord since, since then? Yeah, so on that um, first Wednesday, the line, God is enough, um, was just standing out to me in my prayer. And the reality that God is actually enough, that he um, is the one who is trying to help um, sustain me in everything that I'm doing and make anything I do um, possible. And uh, on that very first day, I realized that I was spending a lot of the day um, just telling other, you know, like meeting and having all these internet sessions and, um, trying to be the one who saves people when that's not my job. That's not, you know, my responsibility. The Lord is the one who ultimately is saving people. Um, and I noticed this, um, real desire to be productive, to stay busy. Like I wanted to, to keep moving at the same rate that I had been moving at, um, before we kind of got all, we were all, um, advised to pretty much stay where we were, small groups of people. Uh, and so I, really had just noticed that I needed to not um, be anxious and busy about many things. Like that line from scripture, um, Luke 10 just sticks with me uh, a lot. And so I was noticing that that's kind of where I started 
um, last Wednesday is being anxious and busy those first three days of working from home of like proving that I could work really hard and have a full eight hour day all online and do everything I used to do before, just move it all online. And I realized that was not what the Lord was inviting me to. Hmm. Are you hearing from other people that they're feeling that as well? Yes. With most of the people that I've been talking to about it, they have agreed that it's, it doesn't, the internet meetings can be good and connection with people is good and important, but it's not replacing kind of what we had before. What did you have before? What what did you enjoy? What are you missing, I guess? I mean, I think it's an obvious answer, but maybe just you've had some insights about it. Yeah, those connections with people, uh, small groups. Um, I have a group of ninth grade girls from my parish, Christ the King, that I meet with. And meeting with them online was really challenging. And trying to pray with scripture through the internet just wasn't really working super well for them or for me. Um, things like the internet problems that keep coming up, um, different challenges with just missing seeing people. Um, and I have a, a teacher kind of Bible study that meets on Thursdays. And so typically those, all of the, the teachers have small kids and they can play with each other and entertain each other. And we can all meet and pray together. But now it's all of us through our computers. They're all trying to distract their kids. And in order to keep them busy so we can meet, they're putting them on more technology. And so there's just been a lot of um, added time with technology and time in front of a screen and missing that human connection. Yeah, there's there's certainly been a, a, a realization. It's something that we haven't really talked about a whole lot uh just you know we all acknowledge that the internet is here to stay it's not just a fad um we know that uh we can put a lot of our our ministries online we know the evangelicals are, are very good at it um but we also know as catholics we're sacramental um and so we really this we're really into this incarnational thing like jesus took on flesh and so we, we kind of like being in the concrete in the here and now in, in time and space uh and not just virtually through through bits, through zeros and ones. Uh, so so there's been a lot of uh, discussions now, I guess, you know, it feels like everybody's been really busy to get everything online, but I, I, I kind of wonder if we would have ever gone online, if, if we really believed that it was gonna be effective, we, wouldn't we have done it before? Like, is, are we really, are we that effective, do you think, at engaging people online? Or are, are you finding some success or? I think I'm finding success, but not necessarily with the things online. So I think when I started praying about it more intentionally, like, Lord, what do you want me to do with my day? Like, what am I supposed to be doing? And some of the things that came up for me, um, so I'm in formation with the Apostolic Oblates, a group of consecrated um, women that have a, a Bethany room here within the Archdiocese. And so part of my... Um, my realization was I need to really be leaning into the time the Lord's given them, spending um, a lot of intentional time with them. Uh, I've been able to like double the formation I'm doing because uh, my work responsibilities are lessened right now. Um, spending time um, taking care of um, me and learning more so that I will one day be able to, to help people with what it is that I'm learning. So one example is I was studying from the catechism the other day um, on marriage. 
so that was the section of the sacraments I was on for formation. And it talks about 20 times in the catechism how parents are the primary educators of their children. And I just thought that that was so applicable to what's happening right now. So right as all of this starts and parents really have to um, be the primary educators of their children um, and us supplement that, um, that reminder to me and has led me through some prayer and reflection about what does that look like to think about camp ministry, not as me ministering to my high school kids, um, like in place of their parents, but what, what will it look like um, later for me to help minister to people's families so that the parents can be ministering to their kids. Yeah. So you got new things on your heart and things I'm sure you've just been paying attention to your heart a lot. Um, what do you, what are you noticing that the Lord is saying in all this besides, you know, slow down or listen, what, what are you noticing there? Um, I think that's a big part of it. Um, encouraging people not just to stay busy. So I think that this lesson isn't just for me. I think it's for other people. Really keeping the main thing, the main thing. And I think that starts with our interior lives. And then noticing like there'll be a day when all of this is over and we don't have to do things through Zoom and through online mediums. So um, paying attention to what is the Lord inviting us to do now. So later when we're no longer on these online mediums, um, we can be even more effective um, as the church. Um, so just been noticing um, kind of this invitation to um, reach out to people. Uh, so one of the, the things that I paid attention to last week in prayer was as someone's coming on my heart and I'm praying for them a lot, I just started calling them. So instead of scheduling some video chat, I literally just call people. So some of the examples is a few different women from my parish that I've reached out to, not necessarily like people who were elderly and were on this calling tree, but just who I was thinking about and praying for for a couple of days. Um, I did it to one of my coworkers the other day. And at the end, she was like, I'm so grateful you called. Like it was nice to you for like seven minutes. It wasn't like we talked for hours. Um, mm -hmm. But then even just reaching out to um, my, my godparents, which was um, really wild how it happened. So the, it was making I should be cleaning up my space and taking where I am. And so as I'm organizing greeting cards from the past five years in my room and kind of sorting through all of them, um, I saw a greeting card from my godparents. And in it, I noticed that I had $30 I'd never seen. Oh, this is nice. <laughs> So I thought I should tell them, um, but I've never actually called my um, godparents. They live in a different state and I've gone to with them and, um, you know, my parents have called them or I've written notes, even that type of, oh, I'm an adult now. Like, I should just call my godparents like, and just chat with them. Um, and so that was a really cool moment that opened up faith discussions that I wasn't even planning on having with them. Like I was just calling them to say, thank you. And I saw this greeting card again. Um, but it led to a really beautiful discussion. Hmm. Yeah. I, I think I have certainly had to reevaluate what I do with my time and, and uh, I, I have a different strange job just because I, I don't have a parish. Um, so it's, it's very difficult to think about what should I be doing for my parish? And I see all my brother priests kind of scrambling to do things. And I think, okay, how am I going to lead my team? Well, I get to be with my team every day at the same time. 
I, uh, I really just, I remember on Sunday I was praying because I didn't, wasn't quite sure what I was supposed to be doing. Um, so I asked the Lord, what am I supposed to be doing? Like, how, how am I supposed to be helping? Am I supposed to go to the, to the open door mission? Am I supposed to give blood? Am I supposed to, uh, I don't, you know, am I just supposed to use my strengths, which are mostly just kind of thinking strengths. Like this is a time to read and relax and, and prepare for, for a time later on. And, and so I was really kind of stuck, um, because I don't like being, of the busyness for the sake of being busy. It just drives me crazy. I have to keep asking, but why are we doing this? And is it working? Is it bearing fruit? And if it's not, then why are we doing it? Um, I asked that question about a lot of things. I think that's how I got my job here. Um, so, but when I was praying with it on Sunday morning, um, I said, well, Jesus, what am I supposed to be doing? And he, and he said, sometimes all you can do is just die on a cross, you know, sometimes all you can do is just kind of die and to, to let it go and, and to, to die to this desire to be busy, this desire to have to do something. Um, because when he decided to change the world forever, he did it in a way that was like not at all grandiose, not at all, you know, <laughs> you know, like there were no fireworks. There were some lightning, I believe, but it was just like, I think I'm just going to suffer and die. And, and I think, oh yeah, that's probably, that's probably what you're asking me to do is, is to die a, a little bit more in, in all of this. And, and then in that, hopefully God willing, if our president is right, it'll be Easter. Um, probably after Easter, but it'll definitely be the season of Easter. Not definitely. I can't say that. Hopefully it'll be in the season of Easter where we're experiencing this death and hopefully we can experience new life um, because we decided to die um, as, as we've all uh, shut down here in these, in these days. Um, so how, how's the kind of caring for yourself, kind of paying attention to your heart. Um, it's not just, you're not navel gazing. I know that. I know you're not a pray with the Lord in front of you. Um, so as you've been caring for yourself, praying and paying attention to your heart, how has that influenced your work? I think that's what has led me to reach out to some different people. Um, and even to um, recognize that I am not the Lord he is, and so with some of my students just reaching out and letting a couple of them know, hey, we're here for you, we're thinking about you. But then at the end of the day, just like waiting um, and being ready for um, what's gonna be um, put in front of me um, so that it's not like I'm going out and searching out projects. Like the Lord will tell me what I'm supposed to do when I need to do it. And so not just starting things for the sake of being um, busy. And so as a campus minister, some of the things I normally do would be, you know, planning retreats and preparing for the summer service trip and getting the baccalaureate mass ready. And when we don't even know for sure that the baccalaureate mass will happen on that weekend, like, why should I put the program together with readings that could change? Or, um, you know, why plan for things that I don't know what's going to happen yet? Um, and our sophomore retreat was supposed to be this upcoming Wednesday. And so um, I was praying about it. And I was just like, okay, Lord, like, what am I supposed to do to make up this retreat? And how is this going to happen? Um, and so on, on Sunday, I had a full day of prayer with my community. And I noticed that I started praying a lot about work and about um, what was going to happen with this um, particular retreat. 
And one of the questions in the chat was, how do I know what the, the Lord's voice sounds like? Or how do I, I pay attention to that? And so an example would be this past Sunday, as I'm praying about work, I'm, I notice that I'm starting to get anxious. I'm not actually thinking of God anymore. I'm not actually talking to God anymore. I'm just thinking in my head. And I was like, oh, okay. So from that place of initially starting and taking to God, like, Lord, what am I supposed to do about sophomore retreat? Then I just started planning in my own brain instead of actually talking to God about it. Um, and so as I noticed that I had done that and was just off in my own world, I said, okay, so Lord, I'm really stressed about this. You know, what should I be doing to prepare? Um, and then I started noticing this memory that I was having um, of a time when I was really anxious and afraid and nervous when I was younger. And so I was like, this is really bizarre. Like, why am I thinking about this? And I was like, okay, Lord, this is what I'm thinking about. Um, and I was telling him about um, kind of that experience. And then just this realization that I was feeling now the same way I felt when I was that little kid. Um, and it was anxiety around just things having to do with um, my family and not living up to expectations, not being good enough, not being the best, um, not producing or doing enough good things. And so that became what I ended up um, talking to God about was like, Lord, show me that like, I'm enough, show me that I don't need to be afraid. Uh, and there was this invitation just to rest at the feet of Jesus and to stop thinking about all this stuff that I was thinking about and just like be with Jesus. Um, and so I was able to then spend some time like, okay, like I'm going to be with Jesus. And just this thought that came through my mind that sounded, you know, kind of like my own thought, just like, don't need to think about sophomore retreat right now. Like it was just really clear, like that you don't need to think about it. And I know that my own human intuition, like I want to think about it right now because I want to make a plan and I want to know what's going to happen and start doing all the things. So that's how I was able to recognize like, no, that's the Lord. You don't need to think about sophomore retreat right now. Mm -hmm. like, so you kind of know, you notice the difference between where you're, you're constantly in your head but then like when you kind of pause a little bit and just say, well, what's on my heart? And I notice, oh, I got like, it's my heart that's really, that's stirring things up here. So is that kind of how you do it? Just notice the difference? Yeah, notice the difference between the things that are creating anxiety and fear in me versus moments when I feel like still and like I can relax and um, just like be. And so, um, I was praying with um, just a few different passages from scripture and just resting in this reality um, that like God is going to take care of everything and he is the healer and he is the one who's um, in control. Now, have you always been able to do that? No. <laughs> how, how did you, how did you kind of uh, obtain this habit or just be able to get to the place where you are today? When I first became the campus minister at Scott Catholic, um, I don't think I really knew how to pray. <laughs> and I was starting to go to like daily mass every day because I thought you should as the campus minister, like that would be a good thing to do. And I'd made a decision to believe in the church and to follow um, the church and knew that the Catholic church um, had the fullness of truth. Um, but then really just through meeting a few different people who um, mentored me and worked with me, 
um, being able to get a, a spiritual director and um, Jesse Carey, who's now my formation director um, with the Apostolic Oblates, um, was my spiritual director. And she invited me to pray a half hour a day. And I remember thinking, I don't have a half hour a day. Like, who has that kind of time to just like sit and do nothing? Like, that seems like. <laughs> uh, but slowly through the course of, I would say, like seven months that first year and um, messing up a lot, not actually going to pray a lot of days, um, spending the majority of my prayer time just thinking and not actually praying um, through kind of the course of doing that, I started to learn. And I think it's a journey. I still am learning continuously how um, to pray. I still have a spiritual director, a different one now, um, who's not also my formation director, but um, continue to meet once a month um, for spiritual direction and really continue those disciplines of, of showing up for prayer and then being open and honest with God and then being open and honest with people who've been entrusted with my formation, those people who are helping me to grow. Like, so if there are people listening to this today, I, I'm, I'm going to guess there's, we're going to have lots of people listening to this, but even the people listening today, I think I would imagine many of them would love to have what you have, like just to be able to say, Oh yeah, I have a prayer life. Like I spend, I'm sure it's more than a half an hour every day in prayer now. Um, many people like ha have the same excuses, like, so I don't know how to do it. Nothing ever happens in prayer. I don't have the time for it. Um, what do you think are the, the keys to, to help a person to get that, get to that place um, to, to, to really, to honestly say, I know what the, the, the voice of the Lord sounds like in my life. So I think this goes back to um, some of the things that Jen was talking about on the Equipcast Wednesday, like having people coming into my life and walking with me was really critical. So not only my spiritual director, um, but Jen and several of the youth ministers in Omaha helped me a lot. Um, one of my friends, Sarah, who's been a friend um, for a long time, um, she used to pray with me every night that I would hear the voice of the Lord. Um, and she's not even Catholic. <laughs> you know, she's a very faithful Christian, uh, non-denominational. And so um, she has been praying for me for years and praying with me for years that I would be able to like know what that sounds like, um, what the Lord's voice sounds like. And so I think one thing is having people accompany us. Mm. Uh, and then another thing is making that a commitment. And as soon as I made it a commitment, it started to feel a little bit harder. So then pushing past where it started to feel harder. Um, like once I made a commitment, it seemed like, students always needed me at the exact time I promised I was going to pray that day or um, some disastrous thing would happen with an event and I was like fixing all of the problems. Um, so for the beginning of when I was developing this um, daily habit of personal prayer, really waking up earlier and praying in the morning uh, became what I needed to do because otherwise something always happened that messed up that time I had set aside for prayer. And then I learned for myself, like praying in my room, I just went back to bed, even just praying in my house, someone would like walk in and they'd talk to me while they were making breakfast or something. So um, I started really taking that time in front of the Blessed Sacrament at a chapel somewhere instead of just in my house. Hmm. So um, during this time uh, that we're in, how, are, how have you been 
praying and how, how do you see the prayer that this time that you have with Jesus every day, how do you see that influencing your work? Or not yeah. even your, not even your work or just like your, you know, this life that we're in the quarantined life. I think it's given me a lot of peace. I know that there's, um, you know, there's obviously a lot of people with very real suffering and there's a lot of negative effects, you know, of COVID-19, but I've been able to notice a lot of the good things that the Lord is doing, even within what seems to be pretty terrible. Um, and I think that that's a result of spending time with the Lord. So, um, there's a paragraph in the catechism, I won't remember which one now, that says, unless we spend some intentional time with the Lord, then we're, we can't say that we're like, oh, I, you know, like I'm praying continuously or I'm praying constantly, like unless we set aside and have that specific time, it's harder to notice God than throughout the rest of our day. So I think by having that set aside time with God, um, I'm really able to notice where God is in the rest of my day as well, um, notice how he's working. So you're still meeting with some groups. Um, you have a group at Christ the King and probably at Scott, I think you said. Um, how are you accompanying them in their prayer lives during this time? I'm still learning how to do that better, I think. Um, so I think one practical suggestion um, is that I've actually limited the amount of online meetings. So I pretty much only schedule about two to three hours of online meetings a day at this point. So if I already had something like, um, I was actually asked to do this equip cast on Thursday and I knew on Thursdays I have a group of SCUC kids who I meet and chat with and um, I had a couple other meetings already scheduled. So I said, yeah, Thursday doesn't really work out very well. Um, and like one of my friends um, wanted to do a video chat with me um, yesterday and I said, yeah, that's not gonna work. I already have too many video chats in a day. So setting some of those practical limits. So I think right now, what helping people grow in their prayer life looks like is helping them understand what exists in their life that's um, a distraction or that's leading them to more anxiety or worry or fear. And how do we just brainstorm practical ways to limit all of that um, so that we're able to take that intentional time with God instead of by the time I got done with all of my internet meetings, when I go back to pray again, all I'm thinking about is how much my eyes hurt and how uncomfortable I am from the weird positions I've been sitting to try and stay green. Um, and so I think that coming alongside people with some of those practical ideas. Um, and I think like um, an example with my Christ the King girls, we're reading a book together now. We switched to doing a book study together. Um, and I'm going to be encouraging their families to really pray with them more and sending their families some of what I would have done with them. Cause I know their families, um, I have a relationship with all of their families. And so in this time, rather than me praying with their kids through the internet, I think we're going to be talking about growing in virtue and reading a book geared towards teenage girls. And then I'm going to try to accompany their parents and, you know, call them on the phone, ask them how it's going um, talk with them and share thoughts with them to empower them to pray with their kids more. Um, and of course we'll pray a little bit over the, the internet, but mm -hmm. really switching gears and thinking about like, what can I actually do with them through this medium? Mm -hmm. How do you see this time period impacting your future ministry? Oh, I think it's made me recognize the role of parents in ministry more than I've ever thought about it before. Mm -hmm. Um, I also think that 
um, this is a time when I'm getting to study more and read church documents more and spend time in the catechism more. So I think I may not know right now all of the ways that that will impact my ministry, but really taking advantage of that time and space the Lord's given me to um, read and pay attention to um, things that people have been sending me, you know. Um, so videos or articles people had sent me months ago that I had no time to read. I'm sorting back through some emails and saying, oh, I should read that about this particular thing within Catholic education. And then being able to think about ways that I can apply that later. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that really one of the challenges going forward for all of us is like, what is it that like the church that we're going to walk back into when all of this is done, isn't going to be the same as the church that we all walked out of a couple weeks ago. And so the solution isn't just live stream everything and move all of our groups to online. I think the solution um, or like that idea of really accompanying people is what we are wanting to do in life outside of this internet medium. So what do we need to do now to help prepare us for that time after um, doing all of this stuff online? If you could give us a, a, a nickel's worth of advice, what would you ask us to, to commit to? Daily personal prayer still. If you <laughs> have a habit and you dropped it, I would say go back to that. Um, but then just noticing um, what things could you do now that you have the space to do if you weren't anxious and busy about many things trying to like look like you're being productive like what what things you wanted to do or felt like you know you'd really like to do um that you haven't previously been able to it's allowing yourself to to do those things in this time period too all right i i would i would ditto that that was one of the first things i i felt like i had to do i like I didn't have a, a crowd waiting for me at 7 a.m. for mass, um, but I felt like I still needed to have that mass in the morning. And of course I have a whole routine of prayer in the morning before that mass and just really committing to that. And that has been a lifesaver because I know what happens when I don't do that. It, what happens is, you know, I'm like, Oh crap, I got to go say mass. I'm like, got to go say mass. Like we're like, there's people dying to go to mass right now. And, uh, um, so it's just uh, if, when I start in the morning and I can just be committed to that routine that that's there and really spending time with Jesus before I do anything else, of course, with coffee, because Jesus loves coffee. Everybody knows that. Um, then, then, then I can sort of say, all right, it's just another day, um, but there's, and there's new challenges and I can just roll, roll with it. Like, like I do every day, uh, <laughs> some success and some not. So, uh, but yeah, totally. I really, really, really appreciate everything you're you've shared with us today christine it's, it's so good um one online video i was part of today webinar was on um on the the, the new uh bill that just the congress voted on it so we're looking at all those business things and finance things and i thought oh my gosh i, I need to go pray <laughs> like it's just uh drove me crazy uh so this was really refreshing to be with you today christine thanks for having me you're you're welcome uh, we'll have you on again um, so next week we're gonna go back to uh, well not back to we're gonna we're gonna slow down a little bit this daily thing has been sort of a it's a busy thing and we're glad we were able to do it we, we hope we created some good content that will last beyond these days um, we think there's some, some good helpful insights for people as they continue to live out the vision here in the Archdiocese of Omaha to be one church encountering Jesus um, equipping disciples living mercy however doing that in our parishes
Um, so, but we're going to slow this thing down. But we we do notice that people kind of like it, and um, so Jim Jansen and I are going to get together next week on Friday, so one week from today, and I think we're just going to talk about what are our hopes for what life will be like after this in the church. So it's sort of like a post hopes, uh, post virus hopes. Like what would we hope for the church after this? Uh, what did we learn? What would we hope that we would learn? So, and, and what are we re- receiving in prayer as well? So Jim Jansen and I will be sitting down having that conversation and we'll be sending out a, a, a registration link uh, here pretty soon on our website, equip.archomaha.org. So hopefully we'll see a few of you more, a few more of you uh, next week. And I'm going to say goodbye. Take it easy. God bless.